This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Everything you see in here is either haunted, cursed, or has been used in some kind of ritualistic practice. <laughs> Nothing's a toy. It's safer for these things to be in here than out there. Sometimes it's better to keep the genie in the bottle. Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast. Horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. I'm Leo. I'm Lauren. I'm Trevor, and we are the Boo Crew. Welcome to episode 197. Here's a Boo Crew Fright Fact. The phobia of rain, also known as the fear of rain, is called umbraphobia. It helps the show so much when you not only give it a rating on Apple, but when you take a few moments to write us a quick review. We also absolutely love them. It's another awesome way we can connect, and we will read your review at the top of the episodes like Leo is going to do right now. Guys, we got a long one. We got a good one. This one comes from 43 Productions. He writes, more horror with less bore. Ooh, I like that. (laughs) From the three amazingly talented hosts to the fan-throbbing guest list, this podcast has and is everything. Trevor comes in with a warm, welcoming intro that makes all of us fall in love with the guest even more. Something only a single-parented child could understand. Will you be my dad? (laughs) The horror movie recommendations are spot on and have led me to some of my favorite horror films to date, and the audio quality itself is enough to make any podcast listener have a voluntary eargasm. (laughs) Wow. Whoa. (laughs) Their love for horror bleeds true artistry, and their professionalism and enthusiasm are enough to leave you wanting more, whether you're a fan of horror or not. Their complex and deep diving conversations will intrigue you to maybe give it another try. I also love their honesty on the subject of parenting. That's you guys. Yeah. Whether they had to turn a movie off because it reminded them of their own or the fact that they couldn't wait to get away from the kiddos by attending another day at the expo hall. I also love hearing Lauren ask about what props the director and actor kept once production wrapped. Also, who could forget Leone from, come on guys, say it, (laughs) the dude's movie recommendations are so deep that even Lauren and Trevor have to catch up on their viewings. This trio of geniuses are as honest as they come and do the horror genre a favor by bringing light and inspiration into the genre and podcasting network. From the bottom of my bloody heart, thank you. Wow. One star? Nope. (laughs) He or she or or they, whoever 43 Productions is, they rate us five stars. Yeah! Wow! Oh my gosh. That was an epic review. That was so nice. And I appreciate 
you for thinking like that sometimes I get I don't know sometimes as a parent I'm like oh my gosh am I complaining too much about my kids because I do see a lot of times on social media that there are a lot of people that everything is just so amazing and I'm such an amazing parent and my kids are just <laughs> so awesome and we're doing this and we're doing that and yeah you see the greatest hits yes, right you see right, only the right. greatest hits and it's right. like I'm here to s- tell you <laughs> There's a deep, dark side to parenting <laughs> and we are in the thick of it. And now, I mean, we have four kids. That That's a lot. And some of them are a little bit more crazy than others. But I yeah. love them to pieces. I love the shit out of them. But I do sometimes need a break from them. And they do prevent us from, you know, watching a million things all the time. But I will say that it makes me appreciate anything that we do see. Yeah, though, that's that perspective that you can only get, I think, once you have kids, right? Right. You can only know what you're missing when you're missing it. It's true. It's true. Like when I see people without kids and they're like, oh, I do envy that. that, that. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Right, right. right. Like, but I mean, not you know, not to say that. Oh my God, I you know, having kids is like a horrible thing. No, it's it's amazing. Obviously, and it does make those times when you do get to sit down and watch a film and enjoy it even that much. Like you enjoy it more than you could ever imagine. Yes. No. Right. Definitely. Because we could really have given a shit back before we had kids. You know what I mean? Without yeah. this perspective, right? It, it, things yeah. are so fleeting. You're just like you know, you were always doing that. It's true. We didn't know to appreciate it as much as we do now. So yeah, no, being a parent is amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. Obviously, I'm a fan. I have four. If I wasn't a fan, maybe I'd have one. But it's not all greatest hits. It's a lot of B sides. It's a lot of (laughs) B sides. And right now, yes, deep cuts. Yeah, deep cuts. Being quarantined for a year. Oh, that yeah, that brings out. Yeah, that brings out some some stuff. You know, it's stressful for everybody and it's stressful for the kids and our kids miss school and we're just trying to take it day by day. But thank you for recognizing that and making me not feel so crappy and that like that it's relatable and that I'm relating to other parents that love horror and that are dealing with the same things that we're dealing with. And as for talking about films yes i noticed we haven't been able to do that for the past few episodes that's not going away we've been recording a lot and uh yeah it makes it a little bit trickier to spend the time yeah going in the wild we got more of those on the way yeah and then uh you can hear trevor on 16 stations throughout the u.s right which is so certain radio stations where are those like I? Sh- I feel like I should know, right? Like the whole list—that's a lot. But you know, everywhere from New York, Detroit, Richmond, Miami, Orlando, San Francisco, here in LA—the list goes on. I don't want to bore you listening. Right? That's now. cool, man. That's really cool. <laughs> but it's been, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So if you are yeah. listening to an alternative radio station in one of those cities, you might be hearing my annoying voice on it. <laughs> that, I want to hear it somewhere else. I mean, as the crypt keeper. that would be awesome i only wish if you would like to rate and write a review search the boot crew on apple Podcasts, and we will read yours at the top of the show 
So this time around, you're not only hanging out with us, you're hanging out with the wonderful Madison Eisman and Israel Broussard. Woo! You've seen them in everything from Annabelle Comes Home to Goosebumps 2, the Happy Death Day franchise, and so much more. Well, they have a brand new thriller out. Limited theaters, digital, and on demand at time of release, February 12th, followed by Blu-ray and DVD February 16th. Also starring Katherine Heigl and Harry Connick Jr. It had to be you. Remember that, Leo? It yes. had to be you. <laughs> wow. Right? You remember Harry Connick, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good stuff. I, I do now. And oddly enough, Independence Day comes to mind, too. Oh, was he one of the army dudes in Independence <laughs> yeah, Day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't he seen that movie. You haven't seen Independence yeah. Day with no. Will Smith punching an alien? No. Yeah. <laughs> Is that weird that I haven't? Horror homework. I don't know. Yeah. Did, did they make you when you became a citizen? Was it Watch like, Independence Day? Yeah, one of those <laughs> movies you had to watch. Pretty much. It was like, watch Born on the Fourth of July or Independence Day. And Trevor's like, nope, I gotta go horror sci-fi. So it's called, the, the movie's called Fear of Rain. You'll hear unbelievable stories from the set, including... Remember the pissed off neighbor who shot a gun? Oh my gosh, yeah. that was a really crazy story. Yeah, hear about that. Yeah. Uh, wow. the, the magic that went into building this fully immersive world full of misdirects and tension. And we watched it a couple times and it's even crazier the second time through. So I think yes. you're going to yeah. love it. And also hear a bit about what's in store for both Israel and Madison. They got new projects like, well, Madison, I know what you did last summer coming out and then we beg yes. Israel for another sequel to Happy Death Day so you can listen to that groveling. Yeah, it's special. Episode 197 starts now. Hi, this is Madison Eisman. And this is Israel Broussard. Don't be afraid. This is just another terrifying episode of The Boo Crew. Did you hear that? There was a, a girl next door screaming for help. I mean, there's nobody out here. There's a little girl in your attic. I saw her. There's no one up there. She's lying. You're telling me that your neighbor kidnapped a little girl and has her chained in her attic, right? Do you I just need you to trust me. I do. All right. I... There's no one up there. Your mind is just playing tricks on you. Get it together. She's not real. Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Joining the Boo Crew via the Speakeasy Studio are two of this generation's most exciting storytellers. Making her second appearance here on the show, from her start in short films to appearing in the Golden Globe winning series Modern Family, CMT Still the King, there's the Emmy-nominated Henry Danger, and so much more. Her choices in film roles has been exhilarating to watch. Tales of Halloween, Ghost Squad, taking us back to the 1960s, and Liza Liza Skyzer Gray, propelling us into the adventure of Jumanji, bringing the world of Goosebumps to life, then going off and making the exceptional indie post-apocalyptic adventure, Riot Girls, establishing herself in horror iconography with Annabelle Comes Home, among others. Over this past year, she has had extraordinary roles in films as diverse as Blumhouse's Nocturne and Clouds for Disney Plus that have even further explored this wonderful depth of emotion she has total and complete command of. You can feel the joy she has in taking an audience with her. It's palpable and it's reflected in her fun choices and risks and the way she continually always is up for helping others and playing in the space, showing up in YouTube videos and friend shorts still to this day. Also joining us, his featured debut was in Rob Reiner's award-winning Flipped, followed by Sofia Coppola's The Bling Ring, 
He showed up in TV series like the Golden Globe favorite Sons of Anarchy, Fear the Walking Dead, and more. Then came the pop culture phenomenon known as Netflix's To All the Boys I've Loved Before. And one of the best horror comedy adventures of all time, Happy Death Day and its sequel, our personal fave. He got to dive into an incredibly dark side with Chelsea Stardust's Into the Dark, All That We Destroy for Blumhouse, which was an even more delicious look at what he brings to a role that we just can't take our eyes off, using his relatability, warmth, and charm, and weaponizing it to pull us into fantastic stories. These two have teamed up to bring us a very unique new movie called Fear of Rain. It's about a teenager with schizophrenia who becomes convinced that her neighbor is keeping a dark, dark secret. A time of release in theaters on demand and digital February 12th, we are honored to be joined by the great Madison Eisman and Israel Broussard. Yeah! yeah! Again, that, your intros blow my mind. They did last time, and that you made it even better. I don't know how. No, that, that was great. Well, thank you very much, and well-deserved, you two. So, congrats on Fear of Rain. What a journey this film is, and it's got an intoxicating yeah. mix of everything from mystery, thriller, horror. So, when Madison last hung out with us, she had mentioned her gateway into the horror genre as a viewer were movies like The Grudge and The Ring. So, Israel, what were the first horror films you remember seeing that really impacted you? It was it for me. I saw it two days before Katrina. And then we took shelter in our, in our elementary school. And of course, the lights went out and you had to use the bathroom in the school bathroom, which you can imagine uh, a 12-year-old kid uh, after just seeing that traumatizing movie. All I thought about was uh, a clown popping out of you know, one of the sinks or the drain on the floor and in a pitch black, dark fucking bathroom. <laughs> you know, I, I survived, obviously, but it, it stuck with me for a few years. And uh I'd say by the time I was 18, I got over the initial trauma of it. But I, I've enjoyed The Shining. I just recently saw Hereditary, finally. I've strayed away from horror films, believe it or not, because of my experience with it. But I, the, more, the more horror I, I do, the easier it is for me to watch and remind myself that it's just a movie and likely is not going to happen to me. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Madison? What about you recently? What have you seen out there that's, that's compelled you? Well, recently, well, right now, I'm currently filming the new I Know What You Did Last Summer for Amazon. So I've been doing a lot of research on that recently. I've been rewatching all those movies. Oh, that's exciting. So, I mean, about that, can you tell us if it's based on the, is it the same storyline? Is it a whole new story? I can't tell you absolutely anything. Oh. Secrecy. We are not allowed to share any secrets, but hopefully soon uh, we'll be able to share some stuff. I hope so, at least. I'm really excited. It's really freaking cool here. I can't wait to tell everyone about it. Madison, as your career has gone on, what you've shown us is breathtaking in terms of your willingness to take chances and be vulnerable and get into these very compelling emotional spaces. Tell us a bit about the journey of crafting the character of Rain, as well as any sense of the gravity of responsibility may be attached to the role of portraying someone with schizophrenia. Yeah. I mean, it was extremely challenging and, and to be honest, like it was scary, you know, Castile is amazing and she's kind of been our fearless leader and just working with her and trying to figure out exactly, you know, what we wanted to do and where we wanted to take rain and, and what is schizophrenia and just the research that went in behind it and just, everything we needed to do to create the most accurate portrayal that we possibly could and, and to give justice to people who live with schizophrenia. 
So I read a bunch of books, watched a bunch of interviews, talked to lots of friends and, and family members. And that was kind of, you know, the most important thing for us, though, I think throughout this entire filming process. Israel, Fear of Rain gives you guys both so much fun things to chew on as performers. There's definitely an almost whimsical sleight of hand, much like Caleb's affinity for magic. Illusion is a very big part of how we see the world through Rain's eyes. What was interesting about that world for you to play in and maybe the creative opportunities you saw in jumping into this project? Well, I feel like uh, most of the the credit is is due to Castile and, and Madison. You know, I, I, I love the script when I first read it. I was on the edge of my seat. And, you know, when you figure out that I might not be real, you know, it starts getting a little more exhilarating. So I was I was really excited to hop on set and, and bring this character to life. And uh, as far as like the the magic, it's it's. It's not magic, it's skill, it's sleight of hand. <laughs> but it, it, was, uh, it was fun jumping into an intellectual uh, character because I, I feel that's what, where Caleb thrives. And you know, what I related to personally was his, uh, he's a bit of a loner and an outsider, but he's, he's also always trying to be understanding and supportive. So when he, he befriends Rain, I, I think that's where the love for the character began for me personally. Because I just I, I like the way he was willing to set his own logic and his own ego aside and and kind of dive into this world that he didn't fully understand, but he was he was willing and more than happy to do it. And I, I enjoyed where the script eventually takes us, which you know I I'd dive into a little deeper if it wouldn't give it away. But I, I thought it was a very interesting script, and I, I don't think it's been done before uh, in the sense of. A, the, the kind of touchy subject that it revolves around, but also the way it's been portrayed in, in other movies. You know, people with mental illness uh, usually portrayed as a villain or, uh, you know, the, the instigator, the agitator. And, and it was nice and refreshing to take this uh, kind of take a subject that a lot of people stray away from because they, they're a little uncomfortable around it and shed a new light on it and take, take away some of the stereotypes and all the cliches around it and, and kind of bring you a perspective of what it's like to be in the head of somebody with schizophrenia and, and what's it like to be in, in a family environment where you're dealing with that. And I mean, it even taps into the social environment. So it, it has a lot of layers to this, to this film. And I, I feel like Castillo did a great job and Madison did a great job tying everything together. And it was, it was a lot of fun unraveling everything. What do you think, draws Caleb to rain all that just said you know I I, I think it's uh, I don't want to say love at first sight but I think that had a lot to do with it I think is you know he, he may have been in the classroom a day or two before she made it back to school so I, I think she caught his eye pretty instantaneously and after you know seeing that you know nobody was really talking to her he maybe selfishly decided that that was his one and only chance to befriend her and uh, in the awkward, quirky way that he did, but he was he was kind of fearless in the way he did it. He he, he was a little pushy, maybe, but uh, I don't know. There's look at Madison. What's not to like? So <laughs> I think it was just two energies. No fear of rain. <laughs> <laughs> the Boo Crew will be right back. 
Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Zodiac, a name that strikes fear to a city of two million. A brain that baffles the world's best criminologists. Zodiac. You are doomed. No! Got 29, suspect not in the area. Party three, no contact. Zodiac is crack-proof. The producer of Zodiac Killer was warned repeatedly not to make this film. The San Francisco Police Department urged him not to for reasons of his own safety. Zodiac is still at large. Now see it if you dare. Zodiac Killer in Nightmare Color. At Madison, uh, in preparing for your role, did you get to meet and talk with people dealing with schizophrenia, or did you research it on your own, and what surprised you the most about it? Um, both, actually. Um, I, there's people in my personal life that you know deal with psychosis on, on certain levels that I was able to talk with. Majority of my research came from, um, there's a memoir written by Ellen Sachs called The Center Cannot Hold, and it's her whole journey of her whole life. Basically, I think it starts when she's four, maybe she's very young and then kind of into her adulthood and navigating, you know, becoming an adult and just entering the world and just what that looked like. And it was one of actually like one of the only resources I could find that really talked about what it was like growing up as a young woman and as a child with this uh, psychosis so uh, Castile was the one who recommended it to me as well. So that was really like our guidance through this whole thing. It, it really just helped us navigate, you know, it's, it's one thing. Uh, schizophrenia for everyone is also so different. So obviously rain and what she goes through is not going to be what everyone else experiences, but um, it definitely helped as far as like in the mind of a young person, like what, what that was like for someone and, and, and just trying to grow up as well, because I think our film does such a great job talking about that. You know, obviously, you know, Rain deals with her schizophrenia, but she also is an ordinary girl who goes to school and has a crush on a boy and then happens to witness her neighbor kidnapping a child, which is a huge deal. So it's definitely, you know, our story revolves around Rain's schizophrenia, but there's so much more at play that that comes to the storyline but we did we we really we did as much research as we possibly could and we really wanted you know the point of the film we want to destigmatize schizophrenia and you know mental health just needs to be talked out talked about more and more every single day and i think slowly we're getting there over time i we're seeing more and more films that are kind of shedding light on uh mental illness and, and what it actually is um so i'm i'm happy to be you know, a small part of this conversation and this movement towards that. Developing Rain's traits, you see her incredibly anxious, biting 
her nails, being paranoid, hearing voices. What was it like to turn her off and on? You know, it's it's interesting because obviously I will I will never fully understand what it is like to be in the shoes of someone who lives with schizophrenia. All I can do is my research and then, you know, put it into my work as much as possible. But more than anything, I think just the gravity and the weight of the script and the storyline in general, it's heavy, you know, and a lot of the scenes are are very heavy. So there was, there's a lot of days where we really needed to lean on each other. Um, and obviously, you know, Izzy's so fantastic and, and Harry and Catherine, like we all kind of just were a support system for each other and we needed each other because it was definitely, it was heavy material, lots of night shoots, lots of tiredness and, and crying. And it was, it was exhausting, but I'm really proud of it. Speaking of heavy material, there's that one scene where you're both in the car and not only is it raining outside, but rain herself starts to hear voices on the radio and one of many tremendous dialogue moments between the two of you. How did that scene work in particular? There's the illusion that we were actually in the car with you too. Like, like I don't, how was that achieved? Uh, we ate you the whole thing. Pre-recording <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the entire uh, vocal track there. But I, I feel like a lot of that has to, uh, a lot of that credit has to go to Joshua Reese, our cinematographer who literally killed any any challenge that was put before him, he he knocked it out. And with that car scene when it's raining, we had a whole rain machine. It was a whole shebang. And uh, with Cass and Joshua, we we tackled it. Um, but that was actually one of the scenes I auditioned with, and that might be my favorite scene in the movie um, when we're sitting in the car and and I'm telling her about everything that's that's wrong with it. <laughs> Well, actually, fun fact, too, it's, it's one of my favorite scenes as well. And one of my favorite lines from the movie, which I so fun fact, this had a different working title before it was never called Fear of Rain. And I would like to think that the new title was inspired by Izzy's amazing line. But it's, it's like, uh, that would be ironic. Rain for rain. Yeah, because it was never called Fear of Rain before. And then it just passes writing there. So, I mean, that's that's. Yeah. Let's talk about Caleb's classic car. I mean, that thing is beautiful. What was your experience like driving that thing? It was a land yacht, to say the least. In the script, it's written that there's a hole in the floorboard. And I believe it was uh, one of the members of the crew. Her name was Ashley. She was out looking for the car and she was checking it out. She stepped inside of it and originally didn't have a hole in the floor, which was, you know, I think they were just going to write that out but her foot went through the floorboard. So it ended up being perfect. And they got a discount on the car. So, <laughs> was great. I, I, I definitely love driving it. I, I love driving older vehicles when I get the chance. It doesn't happen too often. It was a little hard to maneuver at first. And on some of the scenes, you, you may or may not realize, but we're sweating like pigs, both Madison and I and Castile and Joshua uh, in the back. They squeezed into really tight spaces on really hot days. And we drove around for, what, an hour and uh, caught some great footage. So very happy and thankful that they were willing to make that sacrifice with us rather than sitting in a tent. (laughs) 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 This film has such an amazing cold open. And Madison, you do a wild amount of stuff, including, I mean, getting buried alive within the first like three minutes and dragged around. It's really intense. (laughs) How much of that did you have to get into and down and dirty yourself? That is an interesting story. (laughs) There's a lot of stories with that story. 
was a fun experience. We, we had a lot of fun stuff. I guess I can give like the Sparks Note version of it. So all of that was so crazy because we were filming in the middle of nowhere. Obviously, we're in the woods and um, it is like four in the morning. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs and we had an aggravated neighbor who did not like that I was screaming and thought something was actually wrong. So came over to check it out and we told him we're filming a movie like everything is OK, it's fine. And then uh, he was not very happy that we were filming a movie. So he went back to his property and shot his gun from his property. It was very scary. So then the rest of the night, we actually, we filmed the rest of the scene silent. So all of those screams are also ADR'd because um, we were not allowed to make any more noise. It was a very interesting experience, but I it's still like, you can't tell, like, it's very cool. Yeah, like, you can't tell at all. My gosh, that's <laughs> wild. Pretty wild. It's a pretty good story, um, but it was, it was, it was a little scary when it happened. Um, but that's, that's movie magic. <laughs> okay. I wanted to talk about one of my favorite scenes where you're in a painting. How was that achieved? I mean, it's so pretty. That was, yeah, that was one of my like favorite parts of the script. I think when I read it, it was just so impressionistic. And, and I thought it's such like a beautiful portrayal of what rain actually feels, you know, being trapped inside herself. But that was really cool. They, they brought an artist on set with us and then I had a double. So I would basically film both sides. So she got painted first. And I mean, there was actually like, we had a frame in the tree and she stood there and, acted it and then we switched um and did the same thing on the other coverage but i'm like this isn't a spoiler is it i hope it's not but it was just very it was very cool and it was beautiful um there's something else i was going to say about it but then i got distracted because i thought i was giving away a spoiler (laughs) (laughs) it was they they painted her and then they painted uh i think her name was Lindsay. yeah Lindsay. they painted Lindsay, and then they painted madison so yeah. there was a lot of work that went into that shot. And when I finally saw it, I was like, it was very cool. They ended up doing some, some extra CGI to make it like look extra, you know, how it needs to be. But I, it was one that they were thinking about cutting because it was like an, an extra, it was going to take a lot of time to film. And Castile and I, we both fought for it. So we were like, no, this is, I'm like, this is rain's brain. Like you got to keep it. It's so perfect. So we fought for that one and it stayed and I'm very happy. Well, I, I feel like, that one in the mirror uh, really kind of gives you the best visual as to what Rain's going through. And, and taking that away, I feel like the movie wouldn't be the same. It, 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 I don't know. It's exhilarating and it, it's, uh, it puts you at the edge of your seat a little more. Yeah, it really does. I was going to say, like, the mechanics of the way Castile brings us into Rain's world by way of seeing Rain's mantra, like literally handwritten, scrawled across the yeah. screen and crossed out. Is it possible? Yeah. Could it exist? Is anyone else reacting to playing with the sound, throwing voices and all the speakers around, like really takes advantage of all the different aspects of telling a story through cinema and makes us question yeah. absolutely everything we're seeing and creates that exhilarating you know, feeling. Could you get any sense of that world she was creating while you were on set? Versus like getting a chance to sit down and see it all in front of you, the finished product. Absolutely. I mean, even just from the script, you know, all of those little things that you see written, they were written in the script originally. So they were always part of the plan of what was what it was going to be. And obviously, Rain, you know, she's an unreliable narrator and she carries a story. So all of those aspects were kind of always in there from the beginning. And that was kind of the plan the whole time was they wanted the audience to really feel a part of her, like where you, you really are 
confused and, 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 and it's, it's funny too, because someone else also said to me, they're like, finally, like at, at some point, like I just didn't care anymore if things were real or not real. Like I cared about rain. And I'm like, I'm like, that's good. I'm like, that's what, that's the point is, is rain is taking you on this journey. And it's less about what is real and what's not. And just like finding someone to believe you and, and to trust you and, and taking people on that journey with you. Um, versus like an outside perspective of someone looking at her and, and what she's going through. You really go on the journey with her. Yeah. There's an incredible moment when, you know, after the time when uh, Caleb leaves and you go back to school that next day and you're just looking for help and you're trying to contact the doctor. And it's just like your heart just drops at that scene as a viewer. And you really are with very much with rain. So kudos to you for yeah. creating that. Yeah. that. Leo, you had another question you wanted to jump in with. Yeah, working with the director Castillo Landon, what was your favorite scene or sequence to shoot? Let's start with uh, you, Israel. I mean, the whole film was great, definitely, uh, because just who she is as a person, she's really smart, really witty, and she knew what she wanted and how to communicate that. But personally, our, there's a bit of a montage of us going out and kind of being two teenagers. You know, we're at an ice cream shop, we're at an aquarium. That was probably my favorite day. It was, it was scripted, but it wasn't it wasn't necessarily scheduled the aquarium uh we went we kind of entered behind a back door um, <laughs> to <get in. laughs> um we were they knew we were there but we didn't necessarily have all the permits if that's okay to say but everybody uh helped us out and, and it was great but we were actually filming guerrilla style with uh with actual people they weren't they weren't extras they weren't hired um, so that was a lot of fun. You kind of got to see how Castillo works under that chaos, if you will. And it just flowed. And that was probably my favorite day working uh, on set. And I mean, again, the, the whole the whole time, it was a lot of fun. There was always something new to each day, but that one was kind of wild. And nobody knew where we were going to go next. Nobody knew what was going to happen next. We just kind of walked around and shot a bunch of stuff and, and we got it. I was happy with the outcome. It's hard to pick, but <laughs> there's one scene in particular with the mastermind, Harry Connick Jr. That is just, obviously I don't want to give anything away, but he's just so phenomenal. I like loved working with him and watching him and he's just incredible. So that, and you'll know that when you see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know exactly. Speaking of that, like watching the movie again <laughs> is an extraordinary experience. I don't think I've seen a movie in a long time where watching yeah. it again is a completely different ride. I have a question for you guys. Did you catch on to it? It? No, not at all. The first time. No, no, no. Cool. But what was cool was all the signals that the movie showing us throughout the whole thing that you really noticed the second time, even in terms of little small wardrobe choices and interesting things on shirts. And you know what I mean? It's very, very cool. There's a lot to unpack. That's so funny. I, cause that shirt was never really like, like it just happened. It was never super intentional until on the day we were like, this is intentional. Right. (laughs) Yes. Really funny We've talked about how awesome Harry Connick is. What about the great Catherine Heigl? Phenomenal. Like so, so talented. Um, and it was just, it was such a learning experience for me. You know, it's, I feel lucky to get to work with these people who've just been in this business for so long and they're icons. And, um, 
it was just such a treat. It's, it's so enjoyable to, to just like literally sit in a scene with them and like respond. Did you guys keep anything from the production, like the neuron necklace, any paintings? Like, did you keep anything? I got some paintings. Oh, oh cool. that's awesome. Oh, nice. I, uh, it wasn't from set necessarily, but there was a, the cafe Black Crow or something like that. And I, I picked up some mugs from there. I, I have like three of them. That was definitely a staple of everyday of filming. I should have kept the neuron necklace now that I hit it. <laughs> right. We actually kept something of yours, Israel, from Happy Death Day. I don't know if you recognize this thing. That's your toiletry bag and the uh, Advil. <laughs> oh, my God. I, Jessica Roth would chug those things down. <laughs> Not a problem at all. She just tossed them back. Speaking of which, I mean, Happy Death Day obviously is a, a, a pair of movies that holds a dear place in our heart. Would you ever consider going back and do a third? Would that be something that you'd love to do? Absolutely. I, I, I'm close with Fee, Jessica and Chris, and uh, it's really just the right time. Uh, it's the right platform. It's uh, whether or not we want to dip into another movie or whether we, or not we want to dip into a, a little miniseries. So it's really up to Universal and Chris Landon and, and Blumhouse, obviously, and I think a little bit of timing, but uh, it's it's definitely being talked about. So I'd, I'd be down to, to hop into that universe again and see where it takes us. Very cool. That makes me so happy. Yeah, you have no yes. idea. Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> I, I think there's some things that need to be answered. I think there's still some questions out there, and obviously the second one leaves us on a bit of a cliffhanger if you watch past the credits. I believe it was past the credits. We're all excited to, to hop back into that world. It's, it's just a matter of how and when. So. And then we could do maybe a whole freaky Happy Death Day crossover. Honestly, that's been circulating around too. Not with... Uh, it, well, I've talked to Fee about it a little bit, but um, I, I've seen online people are definitely kind of itching for a crossover. And, you know, Chris is a, a genius. So I, I have a feeling he'd figure out how to do just that. And Catherine's great. Catherine Newton, she's great. And uh, I, I, I don't know Vince Vaughn, but personally, I'd be more than happy to work with him. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm up and open for anything. Well, the future is nice. so freaking bright for the two of you. My God, yes. you've done yeah. so much and it still feels like you guys are just getting started. I mean, the yeah. world is yours. I cannot wait to see what happens, man. Thank you. I'm excited. Perfect. Yay. Thank yes. you, awesome, you guys. Thank you so much. That was so fun yes. for us. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Congrats on the film, guys. Hey, thank you. It's nice talking to y'all. That was the Boo Crew Podcast episode 197. Special thanks to our guests, Madison Eisenman and Israel Brossard. You can check out their new thriller, Fear of Rain, in limited theaters, digital, and on demand, February 12th, Blu-ray and DVD, February 16th. Production tracks for this episode provided by Powerman 5000. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying sweet screams and it's almost my birthday. It had to be you. <laughs> it had to be you. Oh my gosh, no one's listening at no, this point. Not anymore, so we can <laughs> sing the whole song. I finally found. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is Lauren and Trevor Shand and Leone D'Antonio. The Boo Crew is produced.
produced by Lauren Chen, chopped and sliced by Trevor Chen. The Boo Crew is a TSP creation, part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Bye. The Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network, home of the Boo Crew. For horror-centric interviews, SCP archives, weekly full cast storytelling, horror queers, genre commentary from an LGBTQ perspective, and creepy for disturbing and terrifying creepy pastas. Listen free wherever you stream audio and at bloodydisgusting.com slash podcasts.